Welcome to another episode of the Powerless to Powerful Recovery podcast. My name is Jason. I'm an alcoholic and addict. As always, our mission is to share experience, strength, and hope across multiple media platforms. The story of addiction and the road to recovery. We are not affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous or any other 12-step based organizations or groups in any way. This is part two, the best part, always the interviews that I do. Part one like sets the tone and part one, ultimately, when you hear part one, the reason why I dropped part two in two days, I should drop it right away, but I really <laughs> want it to soak in. But a lot of times us alcoholic addicts have to be pretty badly mangled. So usually part one is the mangled aspect of it. And it's hard to sit in that and to think about that, but it's really important to really understand. So this is part two, <coughs> the miracle with Lanny, part two, here we are. And we left off with her being in prison. And for everyone who's listened to part one, all the listeners across the world that listen to me and support me and like me and like all my videos and comment, I appreciate you. But where we left off was her being in prison. She just learned how to read and write for the first time. Miss K, shout out. Um, Shout out. She taught her how to read and write. She wasn't putting up with her bullshit, right? And she taught her how to do these things. But in 2014, and remember everything that, that Lanny's been through, for her to say this is the worst year of her life, when I ask you that, 2014, what happened? So 2014, I lost three very important people. Like, uh, I wish I knew that they were so special and important and they loved me so much. But at the time, I didn't realize it, right? Um, they were so fragile. I didn't know how fragile life was. You know what I mean? Um, 2000. January 14th of 2014, I get called to the yard office and uh, I'm pissed. I'm pissy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't want to go to the yard office. Yeah. And, it's uh, never good. No, it's not. It's it's not good at all. Right. And the chaplain's there and Sergeant Lutz is there. And uh, well, I'm, on, I'm on cruise at this time. It's a medium yard in Perryville. Right. Um, Sergeant Lutz says, we have some terrible news to tell you. And the chaplain's just like... Usually, the, I, I've dealt with the chaplain three times this year, like two, uh, two other other times this year, and I didn't see him as broken as this was, right? And uh, how he looked scared the shit out of me, Jason. Yeah. He was crying. His his face was red. And like... Uh, you knew it was bad. I, and instantly. Yeah. And like uh, Sergeant Lutz was cool. You know what I mean? Like Sergeant Lutz kn- known me since I got there. So she knew I was kind of broken, you know? And she got me a job as long as I went to school and I was trying my best. She made it to where I made 15 cents an hour instead of 10 cents an hour because I didn't have my mandatory. Um, I walk in and I sit down and he goes, I have something very heroic, horrific, excuse me, to tell you, to bad news, you know? Yeah. I'm like, what happened to my brother? Because, you know, my brothers are about that life, you know? Yeah. Never once did I think that he was going to say it was one of my children. Um, he tells me, my daughter, your daughter, Georgia, was hit by a car. And her neck snapped and her back broke instantly and it instantly killed her. Um, I didn't cry that day. I didn't think I had a right to cry yet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, it broke me, though. Yeah. I was I was doing the right thing. You know what I mean? In mm-hmm. pri- prison i was trying to get my shit together you know what i mean and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't fucking around that much i was learning how to read and write i had i was a shower porter mm-hmm. i didn't know shit about the program yet but yeah. i was going to church yeah. you know what i mean and uh mama k would help me you know and uh she'd help me want more yeah 
she'd tell me about what she would do when she'd go out, right? If she ever had the chance to go home. Um, so I come back and uh, I can't believe this is happening to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I feel like the biggest piece of shit in the world because I have no emotion. Mind you, I didn't change her band-aids. I didn't fix her owie. I didn't fix her bottles. A short, short, short periods of time I did. But like, I would never get to be a mom to her. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'll never get that second chance. So I go back to the yard and I wild out instantly. Boom. Right back into old behavior. Right back. experience negative emotions, old behavior. I wanted to fight, Jason. But I, you know what? I think it's very common when we experience death in prison. It's, it's like, first off, you never want to get seen by the chaplain. But it's the grieving process is different because we're in that enclosed <laughs> environment. It's like a world of its own. And a lot of times people don't grieve until they come home mm-hmm. and they, like, say their grandma dies. Mm-hmm. And then they go to grandma's house and she's not there anymore. <laughs> and they don't really truly get a chance to grieve for it. But that's not the only uh, chaplain <laughs> visit you get that year. What else happens that year? Uh, so my mom's leukemia comes back. My mom beat cancer three times before this time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she had ovarian cancer. She had lung cancer. And then she had leukemia once before this, right? Uh I get a letter in the mail from my aunt stating that her cancer is back and she's in the hospital and to call, right? So for 30 days, I got to talk to my mom in hospice. Mm. And uh, I held it together. Mama K rolls me in little by little. You know what I mean? She tries to, you know? She gets me to function. She gets me to pay attention. You know, and other solid women there. Um, 30 days, I got to... I got to tell my mom I loved her. You know what I mean? I got to tell my mom um, how sorry I was, you know, that it wasn't her fault how I came out, you know? And uh, I got to get to know my mom a little bit for the first time. I was um, 27 years old, I think, 28. Yeah. My mom was my superwoman, you know? Yeah. When I went to prison, um, I got letters from her faithfully. Yeah. Facebook and pictures of the kids, you know, like, she tell me, Lanny, they love you. They're just scared because yeah. you never wanted them, you know? And uh, they call me and I'm digging a substance. How do you say it? a substance tank that day? Mm-hmm. Um, and they say Lloyd. Septic tank? Septic tank. There okay. you go. I can never say that word right. Um, tell me to go to the yard office. It's, it's the day after Easter, right? Um. April 19th, and I say, fuck you, I'm not going to that yard office ever again, right? So I dig the hole, and 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 three hours later, Lutz comes and says, you have to come, Lanny. It's like, I talked to her for 30 days. Why do you guys got to tell me that my mom's dead? You know what I mean? I know she's dead. I know what that means. I don't need you guys telling me or talking to somebody on the phone because my mom's dead. Just let, no, that's not how it works, Lanny. Okay, let's go, you know? And uh, my dad was on the phone this time. Um, and I let him have it, Jason. I told that man some ugly shit. Like, yeah. ugly. Just like, spewing out insanity. Vomit. Yeah. Like, just ugliness. Um, I told him what a piece of shit he was for raising my kids and being a father figure to my kids and yeah. never being there to protect me as a child. That it was his fault that that man did all those ugly things to me as a child. My dad never even knew any of this, you know, and that that's my part, you know. Um, yeah. 
told him that I wish it was him and not my mom. Because it was his fault, not my mom's. Like, I, yeah. my mom should live and he should die. Because he was never around anyway, you know? Um, I never get to apologize to my dad after that. Like, I hang up angry. My oldest brother calls me on um, Christmas Eve and tells me that my dad passed away. He had cancer, too, and he passed away in his sleep. Mm. So, uh, so this is three deaths in one year. Back to back, bro. And uh, that's something like that, like to a normal person, from my understanding, you know, uh, it changes them, mm-hmm. you know, like sure. not, not, not my kind of change you know what i mean not the norm for me but like some people say they find forgiveness some people say that they find uh they find themselves me like uh i got on meds because i couldn't <laughs> afford fucking to get high on the art <laughs> yeah like my parents were dead you know yeah. i wasn't gonna get no more money you know what i mean they were putting that fetty wop on the books. <laughs> Zoom, my books were fat for a minute then they weren't fat no more you know so i gotta put in that <laughs> yes gia down here i come spherical let's go yeah right because that's how we deal with life we, yeah. we, you know we start when we start using drugs it's experimenting we use it we like it but then ultimately what it comes is it comes into relief we use it to relieve emotions. We use it to yes. relieve negative emotions. Absolutely. We use it to celebrate positive emotions. Experiencing loss just like that, it is no secret why you went back to putting something in your body to make you feel better because that's mm-hmm. our go-to. And I was on meds for a while. I thought I was bipolar. Used that as an excuse. I worked an honest and thorough fourth and fifth step. Said, I'm not crazy. I had these <laughs> untreated issues. Went up to the yard office or medical, mm-hmm. put in an order to see the, the uh, psych and all mm-hmm. that. And I got off the meds and I've been yeah. off them ever since. And so that, I mean, that is a bad year. Yeah. That's a bad year. That checks out. Yeah. That's fucking like a a self, self inflicted at the end. You know what I mean? Like, and so not only do you have three deaths, but then you go back into old behaviors. Done. But like, uh, the thing that saved my life to go to a minimum yard was mama K never gave up on me. Like she wouldn't, she wouldn't, uh, let it be like, She let me run wild for about a month or whatever. She ran you back in. She'd be like, okay, now it's time to calm down, you know? And uh, she used to tell me about these meetings that they have in visitation and that there was a girl named Kobe on the yard. This is before Kobe went to Carlos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I told her she was batshit crazy. I didn't need meetings. I'm going to smoke and drink when I get out. I'm going to smoke weed and I'm going to drink beer and I'm going to carry on with my life and I'm going to barbecue and I'm I'm going to watch the car. No, hell no. You know, I cannot see myself without drinking and getting high ever again. What am I going to do for fun? Nothing. (laughs) When people say that shit, what am I going to do for fun in recovery? Right. You were having so much fucking fun in prison. Like you were having so much fun living in an abandoned house. What's so fun? Nothing. But you ultimately, you end up going to a meeting and you meet Kobe, right? Yeah. Um, I passed my mandatory. Okay. And okay. Everyone's, everyone's packing her up when I go get my certificate for her to leave. And I see what she looks like, right? Two weeks later, I'm packing up. All my all my tickets start dropping, right? So your point's lower. Like way lower. I get yeah. my mandatory and my, my points drop like 20, 20 points, maybe 15 points. All I know is that I'm at... Um, 
And your uh, mandatory is your eighth grade equivalency, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I finally. You finally got it. Yeah. Which is huge. Huge. Big. Yeah. I've huge. been trying to get that since 2011 <laughs> and I got it in 2014. Yeah, okay. I made 10 cents an hour for a long time. Yeah. 15 cents an hour yeah. for a long time. That ain't no? very much. No, it isn't. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're talking like seven dollars uh a whip. yeah six yeah six bucks yeah. i was close yeah but it was i do prison math hygiene round it up here okay so you end up going down to a uh, um, minimum yard and that where you see kobe and yeah. she's doing meetings there she's doing she okay i don't know about the meetings yet right yeah. um i see these girls playing softball and their names the divas okay and uh she catches my eye. She's different. She's like yelling at her team, but her her thick accent's so funny, and she's being so positive and loving at the same time. And like all these girls are talking shit, and they're laughing, and they're having softball practice, and they're getting it, and they're shining, and they're glowing. And I watched for a couple weeks. Right, it's right out of the bay I lived in, and I finally got some balls, and I go up to her, and I'm like, hey, um. I play softball with you? And she goes, yeah, if you go to meetings for a month. And I started, yes. I was like, yes. what do you mean? Like church? You know what I mean? Like, do I go to church? Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? What does that mean? Where do you live? I said, right here. And she goes, okay, meet me right here later on this evening. And I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I'm going to go to these meetings. And I walk in there and it's emotional and it's uh, funny and it's, uh, it's some scary fucking shit, bro. Yeah. Because... What they're saying, I feel, but I don't got the balls to say that I feel out loud, right? And, like, all these women are together. And this is a yard with 1,300 women on it, and it's minimum, and it's freedom. You know what I mean? Like, we can do anything. We have washers and dryers. We have showers that have covers on them. We have um, we have freedom. Like, and I look around, and uh, I don't have nothing in common with these people. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, so typically we go to meetings and we look for uh, differences instead of listening for similarities. Boom, that part. <laughs> that nailed it, right? And when I leave, I cry, I cry, I cry, I cry. And um, Kobe's walking me to my dorm, right? We smoke a cigarette. We do whatever. And Kobe tells me, Lonnie, get off the meds. You don't need the meds no more. You want me to go to meetings, get off my meds just to be on your softball team? Yeah. No, just to live. You'll get it later. And, you know, Giadonna, I, it's for a, what is it called? Uh, schizophrenia? There you go. Uh-huh. Okay. So I told them that I used to see little green people, right? Because this is the shit that makes you pass out. It's like. Oh, you were sleeping good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not at her. Take three or four of them. Feel like I'm drunk as fuck and wake yeah. up three days later, you know? Yeah. Um, but they started giving me like the twitch, yeah, you know, yeah. the lock jaw, tongue yeah. rattling, you know. Yeah, you were doing the Thorazine shuffle. Exactly, but with my mouth, you yeah. know, like. A, um, so you decided to get off of them? I fought for a little bit. Like, yeah. I wasn't sure I wanted to get off of them. Meds, med- medical, whatever, psych meds is the worst come on, come down I've ever had in my life. But I did it. And Kobe let me get on the softball team. We got second place that year. I started working my steps. I told everything to Kobe. Like the first time I ever worked my steps, I told her everything I ever did that was ratchet, scandalous, how many baby daddies I had. (laughs) I I told her everything to make me look good. You know what I mean? 
Oh, I am a hoe. I used to dab I suck dick for a bag before. Absolutely. That's yeah. that's what I do, you know? Yeah. But not one time did I look at her and tell her what happened to me as a child. So you were holding on to something. Yeah, not one time did I tell her that I lost my kids or that I will never get to hold my daughter again or the resentment that I had against my parents or what I said to my dad before he died, you know? So you left out a lot. A lot. So I leave prison in 2016. I work my steps. I start working the program. I start doing all kinds of things. I'm, I'm good. They're going to let me see my kids. You know what I mean? Well, my parents die, right? So my kids go to my aunts. They, they get spread it out, you know? And shit gets hard. Life happens. I go to meetings for a little bit. You know what they told me to do? I had a reservation. I had reservations, you know? If I never got to see my kids again, if they don't... Well, if they don't accept me? Yeah, they, and my aunts weren't going to accept me for a fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Like, no, like, my, my mom and dad gave me everything I wanted because I was their child. But my aunts weren't going to sit there and raise my kids and raise my kids for me to come back in and destroy them because I was doing some... I was doing the most to my children mentally. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, having bad dreams, crying for me at night... And I don't even know why they would do all that things because I wasn't home long enough. Well, to them, it was long enough. For me, it wasn't long enough. It's, sure. You know what I mean? And uh, they told me no. I had a needle in my arm before I could say sweet Jesus. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> That uh, quick. And that's that, how that, quick it happens. Boom. And so you relapse, and we know what ends up happening there. So you go back on a violation. <laughs> four, year t four, four and a half year tell. Right back. Right back. Right back. You know what I mean? And uh, they, they stacked it consecutive. The first, the first. So you did a nine and a half, then you did a four and a half? No, I did four and a half, six and a half, then I did four. Oh, okay. All okay. right. So you got nine and a half total. Yeah, not three, three, four, four. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm not good at numbers. You're yeah. better at it. But, um. So you go back. I go back. I finish my time. I, uh, I do really good this time. Like I don't play, I don't get on segments. I don't do drugs. I don't do any of that. Like I, I want my GED. I want to learn some things. I see Mama K in them and they're like, they're like, okay, what happened? I tell them the truth about everything. Yeah. And she goes, how about you try it my way now? And I'm like, this lady's crazy. I ain't yeah. trying nothing her way. You know what I mean? I ain't trying nothing her way. And like, I tried that already. It didn't work. I yeah. still got high. Yeah. Little did I know that uh, those deep, dark secrets were affecting me. I didn't want to, nobody believed me when I told the truth, you know, nobody was there when I really, really wanted them to be there. So why as an adult, me telling it my deepest, darkest skeletons or secrets yeah. or what? Why do I need to do that? Why? Like, yeah, tell me why. How is this going to well, fucking save me? The book says, step five, having persevered with the rest of the program, <laughs> they wonder why they fell. They never completed their house cleaning. They took inventory, all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. That's why. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's why. And when when they broke it down to me, because now I get to come to big book studies and I get to read a little bit, you know, a couple paragraphs because yeah. I'm still kind of like uh, iffy about reading out loud. But I, I start learning because I start understanding because I start reading and I start getting this education. So now I know what they're talking about a little bit and yeah. I don't feel so illiterate, right? Yeah, right. Um, so something starts shifting. You know, I only have to stay on medium for six months this time. I go straight to minimum. I sign up for um, high school. And uh, I just want a GED. 
Okay. Yeah. All I wanted was my GED. I wanted I wanted to do something and I wanted to show my oldest kids that I did something with my life. And I knew that I, I could come out here and get a good job. I didn't know if I was never going to drink again. I didn't know if I was ever going to do drugs again. I just wanted to show them that their mom did something. You know what I mean? And uh, I start going to school. I met Mr. Cole. Mr. Cole, he used to be in the Navy. He was our teacher. And I walk in his room and I said, excuse me, sir, may I please speak to you? I felt like I was kissing his ass because I asked him so politely and I asked him completely different than I've ever asked anybody in my life. And I told him that I wanted to go to school and I wanted my GED and if he could help me. First time I ever asked somebody for help, for help yeah. you know, in prison, you know. Yeah. And he's all like, yeah, give me one minute. He walks away. He lets me sit there for five minutes. And I already start insecurities left and right already. Like he just fucking let me sit here with all these people in here. And he says, you need to be here at 730 tomorrow. You're going to be our new high school student. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I just said I wanted my GED. I didn't yeah. say I wanted to come to high school. Yeah. They go, well, you get to come to high school for eight hours a day and have a part-time job in the evening. That's how it works. I said, let's go. Yeah. So I start going and I start I start uh, having confidence. Yeah. Like knowing my worth a little bit, you know? Yeah. And uh, I start succeeding. I get this new tutor named Jamie. Okay, she's my high school tutor. She's this big. She became our she became our softball team for the Shockers, right? Tiny little thing, petite, skinny, probably like four eleven, maybe five foot. Um, she had spunk, and uh, I was full of insecurities sometimes, you know. And uh, I was a uh, defensive, and I would cuss her out, and she's like, "Just sit the fuck down and, yeah. and stop telling me what you can't do, because I know what you can do." You know what I mean? Yeah. And she would let me see. I started writing papers like today. One of my favorite things doing at home when I'm by myself is writing in my journal and uh, reading. Yeah. I, I love to read like it's fantasy shit or, yeah. or it's either fantasy or history. Like I love ancient history and I ended up getting my high school diploma. Yeah, you did. I, uh, I ended up started working my steps. I ended up leaving in 2019 and I knew then that after everything that I did, well, the only thing I wanted was not to come back to prison. Yeah. Not to not get high. Not to not ever drink again. I just don't want to come back to I just don't want to go back to prison. I want my kids to see me that I'm consecutively not going back to prison again. Because now I start wanting a relationship with them, right? So I get out and I go to the Skelly house. and um, Shout out to the girls at the Skelly house. Woo woo, Skelly. <laughs> Pizza. Pizza pan. <laughs> Heidi and uh, Peter are really good people, you know? That was... Getting out of prison and going to the Skelly House and the women that are in the Skelly House are just what I needed. Um, the structure. If I would have went back to Castle Ground or Safford. Um, I mean, that's where you met Val. Shout out, Val. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, that's my baby. Yeah. Um, and so you get into the Skelly House and you start working the steps. You get a sponsor. I get Tara. Tara comes in my life. Uh -huh. um, I get to the fourth step finally, right? Yeah. Uh Okay, let me let me rewind a little bit. My sponsor's been my sponsor since I got out of prison in 2019. Okay. Yeah. Even with the relapse, she's still she's still my sponsor, right? Um. I told her. I told her a little bit about myself, right? And she told me that we are physically, mentally, and spiritually fucked. That's, That's the whole beginning of the first step, right? Yeah. And um. I'm, 
I have allergic reaction. I have a mental obsession. And I'm spiritually broken, right? So the bedevilments come in, right? Uh, damn it, I wish I could think of this. Um, I've come prior to depression and misery. I have unhealthy relationships. I don't know how to have a good relationship. And I, she just starts spinning this. Page 50, 52 this time, walking back in the, uh, back in the rooms saved my life. And I remember her reading it to me when I got out of prison in 19, right? I remember her reading those, but it didn't click, didn't click, right? And I got to the fourth step, right, with this sponsor. And I wrote it on a piece of paper and I hesitated and I hesitated and I hesitated and I showed her it one day. I think I took a picture of it and texted it to her. I said, so what the fuck is my part in this? About yeah. my grandpa molesting me and stuff, yeah. right? And she says, you don't have a part in it as a child, honey. You're not to blame. And I couldn't accept that. Like, but that was the first person in my whole life that ever told me that. And then I fucked everything up because I'm a self-sabotaging son of a bitch. Well, you found a higher power. What, what was his name? His name was Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. And so you find a, you get a new relationship. Oh, God. You move out to California. And, and you know, I'm going to get fixed and I'm not going to get high ever again. And my life's going to be great because I'm not the fucking problem. Arizona's the problem. Yeah. And me knowing every other junkie and joke thing in Arizona, right? Lanny doesn't have a problem. If I just got away from here, everything would be great. Yeah, right. I get there right in a, all the women at the Skelly house, my sponsor, this old man says at, at mid city. Cause that's where we Val, you know what I mean? Val never, Val cried, man, please don't leave me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't leave me. And yeah. she knew what I was doing was so unhealthy, yeah. but she wanted me to be happy. And, uh, this old man said, don't do a geographical move in your first year of recovery because you're going to fall flat, flat on your face. Like, I got so fucking mad at that guy. I was yeah. like, how dare you? Huh? I'll show you. Watch, yeah. old man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I go, he cheats on me. He starts hitting me. We start, I start becoming a victim again. And I'm like, no, I find a needle. I find some drugs. I find everything. I make this man's life hell. Nothing was fixed. Now I know I am the problem. And then I start hanging out with these gay guys, right? These gay guys are so fun, so amazing, super sweet, and they're not scared to call the cops, Jason. Yeah. Remember when I met you? Yeah. I was so broken. Like, all, all that shit came back as a child. I was violated again, like, a, this man wanted me to have sex with multiple partners, and, like, I was, I was supposed to be his girlfriend, but I was already feeling like a dirty hoe again, yeah. sucking a dick for a bag already again, yeah. you know? And all those old memories yeah, come, come back. flooding back. Yeah. And I don't want I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to think about them. I don't want to like so here I come. Me and me and heroin. You know what I mean? Me and heroin heroin. This time I loved heroin. You know what I mean? Heroin made me wanna die. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. And you almost did. Yeah. So January eighth, I overdose. And uh I do a mixed cocktail, meth and uh, heroin, and I guess fentanyl was in it too. I beeline, you know, foam in my mouth. Uh, I go out. I love these two gay men in California because they weren't scared to hit me with a Narcan. They Saved your life. Yeah, they weren't scared to call the cops. They weren't scared to call a Narcan and an ice cube, dude. Like, thank God it was gay, guys, yeah. so I don't feel too violated. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, 
So they iced you down, hit you with the Narcan, saved your life. It saved me. And typically like, when we come to, we're pissed. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I stay high for two more days. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's the insanity. Yeah, I say shout out to Shane Houston. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he told me my worth as he's one of my best guy friends out here in recovery. And uh, he told me to come home. So I got with, he says, find the women in the program. And I searched for him, you know. I searched for the pit woman in Longpoke, and I call my sponsor, and I call some people. Mindy buys my plane ticket. I call the Skelly House. The Skelly House is coming to get me um, at the airport. I just swallowed a gram the day before. Like, I'm coming down so bad. I get on the plane. Um, I see my life flash before my eyes. I see Phoenix and how beautiful it is as the plane lands. And uh, I know I'm home. Yeah. I know I'm home. And I DT'd in the hot room at the Skelly for five days when Valerie had COVID. And all I wanted was somebody that knew me to love me. And, like, I just wanted I wanted to go back to California. I wanted to understand why I wasn't enough. Why couldn't I save him? Why did I have to get high? I was fucked off, dude. And um, I got sober that day. So you get sober that day, and that is that is the beginning of a straight up miracle. And so you get sober that day. So you end up getting sober, right? You get sober during that time, and that was your time. That was your part of your journey. And I ultimately is when I run into you, and it's it's a very short period of time <laughs> after that. But yeah. you have your same sponsor, and you start working the steps, yes. but you do it the right way this time. And was, so how'd that all come to play? Okay, like, uh, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like, I didn't want, like, everyone kept telling me, everyone that was around me is at an honest program, an honest program. Kobe hasn't, hasn't um, relapsed. Um, Tara hasn't relapsed. Lily hasn't relapsed. Kristen hasn't relapsed. You know what I mean? And all, my, my sponsor has 16 years. My grand sponsor has 19 years. Her, um... Her ex, that's not important, whatever. Like, all these people that are around me that I know from when I got out of prison last time, like, uh... They're still sober. And happy. Yeah. Even even when shit hits the fan, they're still happy, right? Um, All I knew is that I just wanted to love... I just wanted to love myself for the first time. You know, because when I was back at the Skelly, when I first got... When I first got there, I started having these feelings that, like, I was worthy of something. You know? Like, uh... I started seeing things a lot different. A lot of people liked me, like the real me, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, they wanted to hang out with me. They wanted to go out to eat with me. And uh, I wanted her back. I wanted her. I wanted that woman back. So, again, Tara sits down with me and we start going over the first step. See, if I don't start believing in God and not, not thinking that God has a vendetta towards me, like, And if I don't get these A, B, and C things, like one, two, and three, my physical, my mental, my spiritual, if I don't fix this shit, my my life is going to stay unmanageable. My life is going to stay perilous. And it says in Bill's story, like, faith without works is dead. You know what I mean? And I don't want to live that way. I want to believe in something. I don't know if it's your God or their God, but I need need, need this because I don't want to die with a needle in my arm and in the gutter. So, like, I start breaking... I actually start reading the big book with Tara 
and I ask her to let me read a couple paragraphs. But Tara's such an old, she knows how to bring that big book completely alive, right? Yeah. And um, I cry for the first three months being back. Like when I seen you, I I just I was just with her. I was sitting next to her. Tara was right there. We just got done doing step work, you know, um, crying and crying and crying and crying, you know, and. The fourth step came, came and I put everything down. I put how many baby daddies I have. I put what my grandpa did, how he did it, how I felt, how fearful I was, how scared that it, it happened to my little girls or my sons today and like uh, how they're going to hate me forever and uh, how no one believed me. And when I told Tara, she looked me in the face and said, what happened to me wasn't my fault as a child. But she also told me I did have a part in it. That wasn't as a child being hurt. It was blaming everyone else around me and using it as a crutch to stay where I was. Stay in your disease. Yeah, to throw it in my dad's face, to throw it in my mom's face. You fucked my life up, you know, yeah. like a, to have an excuse to stick a needle in my arm, right? So I start getting all these ugly things out on my fifth step, right? The whole time she's writing on this piece of paper, Tara, my, my sponsor has these big ass doe eyes. And at the time she had some badass eyelashes on. So she looked like, yeah. like you know, shaped <laughs> up, like, you know what yeah. I mean? And she's writing on a piece of paper, looking shocked. So I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck is this bitch writing on this piece of paper, you know? <laughs> did I do, did I, little did I know. She was starting my sixth with me, yeah, right? Before night character defects. Exactly. Yeah. When we were done, she told me to pray to God, pray about it, see if I'd missed anything, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, she gave me this piece of paper. Jason is the ugliest piece of paper I've ever seen in my life. The words, like, now that I have an education of a sophomore in college, you know what I mean? And now that I know how to read, you know what I mean? Like... Uh, cowardness, uh, manipulation, uh, violent, aggressive. Um, uh, fuck, she kept, she kept going on. Huh? God, <laughs> dude. And there was just one that stand out was coward. Yeah. I was too much of a coward to raise my kids and make sure that that didn't happen to her. Because it didn't, it did end up happening to my daughter. You know what I mean? Like, and, but I wasn't there to save her. So that's why I was a coward, you know? And, so I start working on these, and then I start working on my seventh. I wrote a prayer on my seventh, and I asked God to take my violence. I asked God to take my aggressive nature, like in a negative way, because you can be aggressive. I don't give a fuck. No one can tell me to be assertive. <laughs> that that shit's at work. That's my professional behavior, but at home, I love who I am today, and I'm not going to change that. You know what I mean? But I ask him to not have a sharp tongue to you or to others or myself, you know, to help me soften my heart and to change who I am today. And when I wrote that prayer, I asked him to, to open my mind and like I said, have a soft heart and to start learning forgiveness. I do eight and nine, right? One day I come home and uh, something's wrong with me and I start writing one for my amends, right? And I say, I have to write this right now because we were going to go camping for Valerie's two years, right? 
and uh, started writing him. I said, I can no longer be mad at you because I too am sick. I carry a disease of, a disease of addiction. You know what I mean? And uh, I told him that I no longer have the energy or the time to carry all these negative feelings that I just want to know forgiveness, that I forgive him, that I no longer carry that hate with me. And I wish that he finds love and grace like I have. And uh, I wasn't going to give it away to nobody, bro. Like, I wasn't going to let you have it. I wasn't going to let them have it. I wasn't going to read it out loud. And then we go camping and I take my stuff with me and I write letters to my mom and my dad and my aunt because my aunt died while I was in prison the second time. The one that raised Savannah, Roy, and Troy, my children, right? My oldest. Um, I write these letters and I take them with me because I'm going to burn them in the fire, right? Yeah. I didn't want to bring wands with me. My step-grandfathers, I didn't want his yet. I wasn't ready yet. Yeah. But I brought it anyway. Like, uh, I don't even know how I got it in my big book. No shit, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, I got my mom's, my aunt's, and my dad's. This is this was what I was ready for. You know what I mean? This is what they deserve and I deserve. Well, I didn't pay attention, I guess, or God's just funny. And he was telling me to let it go right now, right? Because I kept it in my journal. I didn't want no part of it, right? So I read it at the fire and I burn it. And like instantly. You were freed. Instantly. Like shit happens today, like big shit. Like people dying, um, stressed out. Sometimes I can pay my bills and sometimes I pay them late. But like my kids come around and they actually like me. And I don't want to get high. I don't want to drink like I used to. I don't want to, um, I don't want to get lost in self-pity and demoralization and all that other shit. All my other bedevilments, like it says on page 52. Mm -hmm. I don't want nothing to do with it no more. And that's because I worked them thoroughly. I stay of service. I work with women every day when a woman asks me to help them. Sometimes I bitch about it, you know what I mean, to myself. And then I'm like, oh, God, God's going to punish me for this if I don't say yeah right now. And I'm like, okay, come on. You know, like, um, I do what's, I do the next right thing. And my life gets so much better. In November, um, after I completely worked my steps, right, um, I get to see my son. I remember that. Uh-huh. It was the first time in years, like uh, years. I'm talking about like 15 years, you know. And I'm, I hold him, I hold him, you know, and I, I love him, and I, I know what he smells like, you know. But coming into these programs and doing the next right thing and working my steps consecutively, my life drastically changes and. My higher power gives me blessings because it's not me, it's him. When he says move, I move one feet in front of the other. If he says jump, I say how high. And I don't know how I got this faith. All I know is that I keep doing what I was suggested to me and I keep going. And now I get to smell my son and hold my son in my arms. And I, now I know for many, many years in prison and out there on the streets, I didn't know what they looked like. I mean, I didn't know what they smelled like. I didn't know what, what was going to happen next. And that changes me, Jason. Like, God blessed me again, like, with love. And then, and then a couple months later, I get to do it with my oldest daughter. See, for the last two years, I've been talking to my oldest daughter. And the first time she ever told me that she loved me was on my birthday last year. But it was through text message, you know, because she's standoffish and she's skittish and she don't want to be hurt, you know? Yeah. And uh, 
put her through a lot. She's my oldest child and her twin sister died, you know? So she has some hate, you know, like, and I don't, I don't blame her for it. Um, She told me, mom, happy birthday. I love you. And about four weeks ago, I got to see her and hold her. I have a car. I like myself. Fuck liking myself, Jason. I love myself. I'm in, I'm truly madly in love with myself and the woman that I'm becoming more and more every day. I love the women that I keep in my circle. I have beautiful family members like you and your wife and your beautiful daughters. Uh, I found me a John Wayne, Jason. Like, uh, Shout out, Ron, no matter what. <laughs> you know? Shout out, Ron. Uh, Who, for, first off, <laughs> you are your, your man, your boyfriend. Yes, is your best friend. Is one of my best friends. <laughs> if you want to hear about him, listen yeah. to episode Ron, Ron A. Yeah. And we've known each other for 10 years. I see you in that yes. meeting. And you end up be, be starting to date him. Now I see you all <laughs> the time. time. You're my agent. Yes. But I want to take this moment just to really put everything in perspective. In the last year plus of you truly getting honest, the the, the vigorous action with energy, intensity, force, thoroughness, and honesty in the steps. You just got a car. You got your own place. You got an awesome relationship with a good man. Yeah, who treat, who great treat, man. Who treats you good. Right? You work at New Freedom. You help yes. people all day long. Okay. You know, this. it says in the big book, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. I can't remember the last time I called you where you weren't taking someone to detox. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or doing a 12-step yes. call. I yes. mean, I'm talking all hours of the night. Yeah. You're calling me. I'm helping you. Yeah. You're helping people. You have serve, You have so many service commitments. I can't even keep them straight. Yeah. Between you and Ron, you guys are out every single night at a meeting, mm-hmm. helping women, sponsoring women. Um, you're getting your kids mm-hmm. back in your life. You have real friends. You love yourself. You're yeah. a pillar in the recovery community. Everybody knows Lanny yeah. <laughs> because you're out there putting that work in yeah. and you're changing lives. And it's something that you should, I, I it shouldn't go unnoticed. It is truly a miracle. Mm-hmm. And this is just the beginning. We're just getting warmed this, up. Uh, yeah. Like this is just like a, I remember walking in and being broken. I remember uh, coming back this time and really wanting to change. And I see it. I see my, like working at new freedom um, lets me work with men and women that are just like me, just like us. Let's, yeah. let's get it real. Yeah. We were inmates, convicts, the sure. whole nine yards. But to be successful in society and that light bulb to turn on, like when I get to experience with them, when I get to lead by example, when they say, hey, how do you do this? Great question. Glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) There's a place called The Spot. Shout out to The Spot, right? Uh Faith Over Fear. That's my home group. Um, I tell them. I go go to meetings. I have a home group. I have a sponsor. Where? Like, attraction, not promotion, right? And I'm like, I I can't brag about stuff. Like, no, please tell me. I want to know what you're doing. You don't ever drink. You don't ever smoke. You don't ever like, no, I'm too happy. I go dancing. I go to karaoke. My boyfriend and me go to do all kinds of stuff by ourselves sometimes. And sometimes we're just too busy. We go to conventions. And then I have wonderful women, Kristen, Valerie, Stina, Jojo, Tara, um, all of you guys. I can't remember right now, but shout out to all of Ashley, um, your wife. Everyone that's in my corner that believes in me, that it's there for me, that never stopped loving me, that let, taught me how to believe in a higher power, all the men in my life, my boyfriend, you, my children, um, Shane, uh, Chris, everybody, you know what I mean? Uh, the beautiful people I work with, uh, the members for showing me that God is working through me, you know, like 
I am never ashamed no more of my past. The, the obsession is not there unless he, obsession is not there unless I allow it to be there. The fear is not there unless I feed it. Fear's okay today if it's healthy. You know what I mean? As long as I don't say fuck fear and run, I'm okay. I'm okay not being okay. And I'm okay with Lanny being the problem because now I got a suggest- solution on how to fix it. You know? It's truly, it's just a miracle. I'm just so grateful to have, to share this experience with you after. And I, I, you know, every time I get someone on the show and I talk about the first time we met and I remember that clear yes, day huh? and then you're with, and then you end up being with my, one of my best <laughs> friends. You're my agent. You're getting yes. speaker meetings all across the Valley. Yes. We're doing all these things together. And then we get to share this moment on the podcast. I will forever remember this moment. If there's one last thing you could say, one last thing to close out the episode, what would that be? Don't be ashamed of your past because all of us have a past. Like, don't be ashamed of, don't be scared of your trauma from your childhood. Um, Be kind to yourself, most of all. Fall in love with yourself and let the past go because by letting the past go, you'll have a better future and present. Your past becomes your greatest asset. Best in the whole world, buddy. All right. Hell yeah. I love you. Thank you for being on the show. Tune in for all the next episodes to come. Follow me, like me, drop me comments. Uh, you know what it is. All of you people, all my people better. <laughs> come on, bring it. Love you guys. Stay safe. Stay tuned for the next episode. Yes.